engine light on? Take the guesswork out of your check engine light with O'Reilly Veriscan. It's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians. And if you need help, we can recommend a shop for you. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 205. And today in the show, we are podcasting from Iowa in our 2018 shed camp. And in this one, We recap the highlights of our epic shed hunting weekend, we hear about a few of the crew's 2017 hunting seasons, and we laugh a lot. Alright folks, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear and As I just mentioned, today's podcast was recorded from our 2018 Iowa Shed Camp this past weekend, and joining me in it are my hunting buddies, Peter Lynch and Ross Hausman, who you've heard on the podcast before, and my good pal and founder of Huntera Maps, Ben Harshine. But before we get to the contents of this week's episode, I want to drop a quick announcement here. If you're listening to this right around the time this podcast launched, um, I've got some quick news to share. This Saturday, March 17th, 2018, I'm going to be recording a live podcast at the Ohio Deer and Turkey Expo in Columbus, Ohio from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Sitka Gear booth. So that's this Saturday, March 17th, 2018 at the Ohio Deer and Turkey Expo at the Sitka Gear booth. And the plan is to have a panel of guests for that podcast, including guys like Adam Hayes, Ben Rising, John Eberhardt, and probably a few more. And we're going to have free beer. You heard that right. We're going to have free beer. We're going to have a bunch of giveaways for some awesome Sitka gear. Um, We're going to have time for some Q&A. And it's just going to be a really good, good time. So be there if you can. Like I said, 3 to 5 p.m. at the Sitka Gear booth. That's March 17th, 2018. Um, And this is in Columbus, Ohio. And if that's not enough, the party is going to continue after that at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Pint Night happening that night at Wolf's Ridge Brewing, which is also in Columbus, Ohio. And that's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. And there, you know, we're going to have a bunch of fellow hunters and anglers getting together for a good time. There's going to be some raffles, I hear, for more Sitka gear, uh, some auctions, maybe even some more free swag. And, uh, you know, the chance to get some good beer and good food and talk hunting with a bunch of buddies, uh, myself, some of my friends from Sitka gear, and who knows what else. I just know it's going to be a really good time. So, again, it's going to be a blast, and I hope to see you all there. And now for this podcast itself, as I mentioned earlier, this is just a really, really fun podcast. Um, It's more or less just a big BS session, 
but man, did we have a blast. We talked through the shed hunting weekend. We told a lot of funny stories, and then we moved into the 2017 hunting season for each of these guys too. So we dissect some of their successes. We discuss some of the mistakes. Uh, we dive down all sorts of weird rabbit holes too. So if you're in a mood for a good laugh and some hunting camp vibes, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So let's pause briefly for our Sitka gear story of the day, and then we'll get right into the main event. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as we did recording it, because man, it was an absolute blast. For this week's Sitka story, we're joined by Chase Rutherford, who tells us about getting to tag along on a bighorn hunt. Uh, it was a 10-day hunt. Um, I was filming Patrick Scroggin um, on his Rocky Mountain bighorn hunt in Wyoming. Um, Patrick was in the army. He lost his leg in a helicopter crash. So it was a very tough hunt for him. Um, but we rode in nine and a half hours into the coolest terrain, um, in the thoroughfare, which is the most remote, the most remote place in the lower 48. We had hunted every day for four days and we ended up seeing some rams. Patrick ended up missing one. It was uh, an emotional day, but we kept pushing. And on the eighth day, we uh, set out at 2 a.m. in the morning and headed up straight up this crazy mountainside. Our horses were slipping, and it was crazy with the possibilities of dying. Um, we finally got to the top, and just as the light hit the top of the mountain, the ram uh, showed itself. And that's when uh, Patrick got off the horse, and we were able to crawl up, and he made a 350-yard shot. Um, it was really emotional seeing Patrick accomplish this hunt. It's something I'll never forget. On Chase's hunt, he was wearing Sitka's Jet Stream jacket. If you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own, or to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel, visit sitkagear.com. What are we going to talk about? I assume we would talk about what we've just been doing, just chiropractic, <laughs> chiropractic best practices, right? Yeah. Does your uh, tracker track how long uh, motion so things sat still? Like what? time? Because there was you a certain the, amount of time when we were not walking because we didn't find anything, so we sat down by the creek. Oh, does by the, the GPS track oh, the mobile, mobile map. map? Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty slick. <laughs> yeah, we were walking the whole time. Well, according to this, you guys were sitting on your ass <laughs> a few minutes at a time. Yeah. So, we're recording a podcast now. Oh, we are. Welcome to the Wired Hunt Podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And. What we're talking about is the Iowa Shed Camp of 2018 for Shed Rally. We're down here in an unknown region of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we've got Ross Hossman. 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 Ross Hoss is here with we us. We do this every time. Uh, we have Peter Lynch. Yes. He's... Uh, Chiropractor number two. Chiropractor number one was Ross Hossman. Chiropractor number two was Peter Lynch. And that's not all of them. And, yeah, we lost Corky. Yes. We lost Corky. And then we also have Ben Harshine. Who was a chiropractic recipient. Yeah. That was, like, my tip for hosting you you guys. Do you want to describe what just happened here? So, obviously, in the presence of some fine chiropractors here, and I'd just been thinking all day, man. I got to get adjusted again. And when, you know, come in here and I feel great. I think my cold is gone because of you. <laughs> well, he's, he's like, <laughs> and I literally just scheduled, right? 
I yeah. just I just scheduled uh, my first. So there we go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now I want to give you guys a chance. Do either one of you want to promote your chiropractic practices to the fellow Iowa residents? This is your one and only chance. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> this is the biggest podcast in the world. So we'll do uh, Dubuque, Iowa, Tri-State's Chiropractic, Dr. Peter Lynch. All right. There Thanks, you go. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Ross, he's like, nope. You're a man of humility. Come on. He doesn't want That's people. Right. He doesn't want people to look him up and where he hunts. So. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Too much info. So we're down here in Iowa shed hunting. It's shed rally, and Ben, the founder of Huntero, and a whitetail properties land specialist as well, was so very very kind to host us on his property. Extremely grateful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That was pretty yep, incredible. Was Thank you guys for coming thanks, down. Yeah, thanks for letting us come down. Yeah, so we spent the day shed hunting. We did a lot of walking. It was a uh, it was a fun day. So I thought uh, I thought since some of us are still here together, we could drink some beer and coffee and talk about the day, talk about shed rally, talk about the shed hunting, and then maybe catch up a little bit on how everyone's seasons went too. Since none of you guys have been on the podcast, you've all been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Yes, but none of you have been on since this last season, so no one knows what happened. So, Ben, do you want to talk a little bit about? Uh, we've talked about shed rally a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, what, what what was the gist? Yeah, from some people may not have followed today. today. You know, yeah, so what was this about? <clears throat> shed rally is the uh, the world's largest shed hunt where anybody that wants to go on a scavenger hunt and find uh, antlers, you know, whitetails cast their antlers every winter, um, and you go and and look for them. And uh, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're a you're a, a seasoned hunter or you've got people that never intend on killing an animal, but they still want to get out and enjoy Mother Nature. I mean, you know, we've had we had several people with us today that they don't ever want to hunt, but they really enjoyed themselves. So that's what Shed Rally is all about. Uh, it's been it was a campaign originally created uh, by Whitetail Properties. And uh, uh, the idea is to, you know, get get out there um you know, enjoy creation and use uh, the hashtag as you're posting on social media, whether it's, you know, Facebook or, or Instagram, hashtag Shed Rally, all your pictures. And it's just uh, it's just a, a big event for camaraderie and uh, to celebrate the animal that we all love, you know. And I guess it's, you know, not even just whitetails. I mean, mule deer, too, and elk yep. and whatnot. I saw a lot of elk sheds, actually, today really? on social media, cool. too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what it was all about. And I decided, uh, hey – why don't um, we just get a big party together and go hit this this new farm that I've access to, you know? And that was, uh, man, we had a great day. Started a little slow, right? Yeah. A little well, slow. I was worried. Uh, yesterday, we were walking somewhere, and the three of me, Ross, Peter, and Corey, and uh, Adam was with us at one point. Kendall stopped by, too. Kendall was with us for a little bit, yeah. and um, we didn't find a single thing. So we started worrying, if this doesn't go any better, we're going to have to call this friend rally instead yeah. of shed rally. And <laughs> just give me a bunch of pictures of us high-fiving and hugging, and this is a good time. Having friends. But luckily uh, luckily, some sheds got involved today, too. Yeah. So uh, how, well, there, was, there was a big group of us. There was there's 12, right? 12? I think there yeah. was 12, yeah, including Jack. He was the youngest one. My, yeah, my boy was awesome. two years old on his first shed hunt. So, um. We we had a great tribe. You guys came down and and uh, uh, 
Dan. You know, Dan was there. He brought Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, he bailed on us for the podcast. Yeah. Man, that guy's busy. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. He's, but he's, at least he got he to walk big, for he, a little he, bit. He big-leagued us, you know. Yeah. Big-leagued us. Yeah. But, no, we uh, um, we started the day off. We all got together, and we rallied up on top of this big this big ridge. So we were hunting. Basically, this farm lays out as a it, – it's a it's a big farm, but there's a an lot. incredible farm. A lot of corn. There's a lot of tillable ground on it. So we got up on top of this ridge today. It was on the cornfield and rallied and had some donuts and laid the map out and uh, made a game plan, kind of zoned it out. I think we had three teams. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Three teams. We all scattered out. And uh, um, we didn't uh, – we covered some pretty good ground until we found that first one, which was you. You broke the ice. Yep. And then soon after, Ryan – yeah. Matched it up. Yeah, so we, we walked a lot of good-looking stuff. We walked that yeah. big ridge top down, then we went to the bottom, walked a bunch of grassy terraces and buffer strips, and I kept thinking, man, we were seeing a lot of sign. There was – saw some poopies. And we were all over edge. Um, you know, we were just walking all kinds of edge, yeah. thick stuff where it transitions from, you know, your classic timber, then you've got a bunch of regrowth and grasses, and then you've got your, your crop fields, and, and a lot of times – those deers they're browsing overnight they'll go and in, in the field for a little while and eat and then go and lay down on those buffer strips and yeah. then they'll come back in and a lot of times that's where you find your sheds right we covered yeah. a good bit of that today until we found our first one yeah so um, that that first one yeah was uh that was the icebreaker though yeah we i was we you know when you when, you, when you've got such a big group lots of times we have to kind of plan it out okay you take this line you take that line you take that line otherwise it'd just be a mess of people scrambling around so you had jack on your back so you kind of took the top of the field and so my line was i was going to walk just inside or just outside the edge of all these points that were coming out just it was almost if you took your fingers and stuck four fingers out Mm -hmm. um parallel that's kind of what this field and finger structure looked like so i was walking all these edges and um i don't know the third or fourth one the very end of the finger of corn, there was a little strip of grass before you dropped down to the timber. And sitting right there, times up was that beautiful crown. Nice. Nice, fresh, four-point side. Excuse me, not long after that. Moments, almost. You could hear Ryan making some noise down in the timber, and so I started heading that direction to see what was going on, and he'd found a shed. Mm-hmm. So I walked down there, and maybe it was 100 yards down the point, and um, he pulled out uh, this little ditch, the other side yeah so within a couple of minutes we found both sides right there not 100 parts yeah. apart and 100 yards and yeah right before good. and right before then we headed into lunch on uh, on a high note right we all we rallied did. rallied back together for lunch we had a good spread and uh thank you, know. you for uh also <laughs> yeah. for the food for your uh, wife and you yeah. bringing all that she just enjoys doing that sorts you of know? goodies she loves hosting people and making fe- people feel good you know so she did a good job yeah Thank you. Um, and Dan's wife found one, too. Yeah. D- yeah, so Sarah found field edge. the she other one on a field edge. So that was three we had. Before lunch, yeah. Before lunch. We all got back together. What uh, kind of acreage did we cover in that? God, we covered a lot. I think we walked. I had. <clears throat> I wasn't walking as much as I know Mark was. Um, I think I had three miles on the mobile map around lunchtime. Yeah. About about three miles, yeah. and you guys might have covered We're covered more. Two point six, according to that feature on your. Do you want to describe that's kind of a cool? Feature. That was actually cool. Yeah. yeah so uh, we're talking about the Hunter mobile map. Um, it's the Hunter that you you know a lot of people know of is the 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 Terra image, the aerial photography and the three D terrain model that we put together, so you can see all the natural rises and falls in the terrain of your ground. 
we translate that from the printed map into the mobile map. And it's an application. It's a third-party application you load into there. But one of the features is uh, it has GPS tracking, so it simply tracks where you walk. And it can tell you um, it's really precise, but it also tells you the distance too. So mm-hmm. that's just uh, it's a phenomenal tool. We we all were running it in our crew today, so we got to see where we covered and where we didn't. And I mean that can be great for shed hunting, but that can also be good for you know if you're tracking a deer too. Yeah, you know. So mm-hmm. you've always like I've heard you talk about that and say that I never used that feature of it before, or I never really u- realized the utility of it until today. And I, when I could actually look and see where we really walked, that was that was really cool. Pretty to cool. Yeah. Visualize that to really mm-hmm. see that representation. Um, I really like that. So I think from from now on, whenever I shed, hunt, yeah, I thought that yeah. was. It's a great sweet. way to just know what you covered, where you went, see how far mm-hmm. you went. We always talk, oh, I bet you we walked five miles. Today. Right. I bet we walked ten miles. Well, <coughs> yeah. now we can see exactly. Yeah. Um, um, that was cool. And I was, you know, you can drop pins too. So I was marking where, you know, some of these big hub scrapes were mm-hmm. and some good signs, some good crossings and whatnot. Just still trying to learn the farm because yeah. we don't know too much about it, to be honest with you. So that's what was fun today because, you know, we didn't find a lot of sheds in the beginning, but we're able to get you information. Absolutely. Which you'll appreciate down the road. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys all came to me and said, man, you got to check this one spot out. Big beds here. And this is why I think he's bedding here. Rubs, scrapes, stamps, locations. I mean, it's awesome. That's what it's all about, right? We're all getting together and just, you know, sharing each other's wisdom. And uh, we had a hell of a time today. Yeah, we did. I should have sent you the Worn video. Out. Peter sent me a video of Corey oh, explaining, um, explain, yeah. giving us scouting tips. They were talking through what, what, what were you guys describing? Just the, the, the rubs. How about the rub? Oh, that was yeah. awesome, too. That was awesome. Corey just, he's pretty, the way he thinks, it's like a buck. And uh, we found these. Who's Corey, by the way? Corey. I mean, Coco. Cor- Corky. Corky, yeah. Coco. <laughs> Corky. <laughs> there was these rubs in a ditch, and it made no sense why the deer would go down there. It was so. down in, like, a steep, skinny ditch, like, in yeah. between these two beds right here. Yeah. You, you know, like this, it, pile, this, this cluster of rubs. And then another 20 feet, you could walk around on the grass, and it didn't make any sense why. So I'll let you finish the story of what Corey said. Oh, well, yeah, he was, he basically, you know, his, his thoughts were um, this deer's uh you know he he's he's uh you know there's some probably some does out in the crop fields and and one of them maybe a couple of them are are uh getting ready to to come and heap it they're not quite ready yet and he's getting worked yeah, up yeah it's right? probably like early 20s or early 20s of october where these sure. the deer are starting to yeah and they're starting to rub you know and get get fired up for the rut to come up and he's just got, he's already got the testosterone going through him and this you know Corey described this buck is probably one that you know, is probably pretty aggressive, and, and is is I'm I'm just gonna drop right down into here right now, you know, and not not leave this situation. I'll just drop right into this ditch and rub the nearest trees, you know. And he's got like he's frustrated, like I'm ready to go, and the ladies aren't. Yeah, and so I'm just gonna hang in this corner right here on the and, point of and that destroy waterway. Destroy these trees, yeah. for no good reason. Yeah, and there were old rubs there too. Yeah, yeah. Really, that just was pretty remarkable. A lot of, I've never a lot seen of, a lot of big rubs on this farm. Yeah, I noticed some big. Tr- I should have taken more pictures of them. There was a tree I saw big old cedar or something or white pine if maybe i mean like a basketball mm-hmm. diameter tree mm-hmm. tore up yeah so there's a there's some bucks in there ben yeah yeah for sure i mean we killed two dandies off of it this past year and uh what's really cool is big giant bucks yeah nice ones for sure um uh n- not the one i killed but uh another one of our friends we hosted this year he shot a phenomenal buck on uh on November 7th, I think it was, 
we called him the flyer buck and he literally off his g2 on his right side had this big whale tail set of flyers coming off and his g2 was forked like a tuning fork i mean just a, a lot going on on his right side just awesome deer and uh so he kills this thing and then we, we found the sheds to it we found the sheds which would and we think it wouldn't have been last year's but maybe the year before so those yep. things were sitting out there for a year so um super cool definitely him 100 percent him with that big split split flyer coming yeah. off and we're going to surprise him with uh you know we're going to surprise him with a with a gift in the mail here once we can get get uh, the tines glued back together that's gonna be pretty cool yeah so it's funny we were eating lunch and half the group had to leave like dan and sarah had to leave soon and your wife and son and your your uh lease partner's wife ryan the other ryan had to go and someone says, well, you know how it goes. As soon as we all leave, you guys are going to get into the sheds. When you know it. Mm-hmm. When you know it. So we're, <laughs> Dan and Sarah were going to go walk this one area. And they had to leave early. So like, well, we're just going to go over there and we'll walk a little bit and then we're going to go. And then the rest of us were talking about going across the road or, I don't know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Kinda so we all piled into the, the four-wheeler mm-hmm. and the UTV. Mm-hmm. And Peter decided to just strap on right on back behind yeah. Ryan on the it's four wheeler. Felt like I was eighteen again riding on, <laughs> on four wheelers back in Michigan. Yeah, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Well, I thought you were gonna say like you felt like you're eighteen going to prom again. You had your arms around him real tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, felt good. You know, security. You, know. you guys had a good bonding experience. Uh, Robin's racing. So, <laughs> uh, so we, uh, I feel a little bad for Dan. Well, let's do you feel or no, do we, we not feel bad for Dan? No, well, here's what happened. I was physically there, and he was telling Ryan, we're going to walk this timber right here. Okay. And where we were wasn't <laughs> really timber, right? True. Right. Yeah. Good point. So I think it all equaled so describe, out. So describe it all equaled out in the end. So, yeah. so uh, Ryan and I just went where he was parked, and we went straight through the corn, headed for some – it's probably not the best ground to walk, you know, like this – beautiful prairie grass where the deer are going to lay during the middle of the night while they sure you didn't i wondered they're like wow where are they going because yeah. i did think we were going across the road and then all of a sudden yeah we made they a start turn turn boom. down and went yeah. towards we said let's go check this different style of ground out that we haven't looked at yet yeah. and man we ran into we've it. had success ross and i in a different part of the country hunting that shit hunting that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like he talked about in the past so for strips and waterways, yeah, yeah yeah that's where we yeah. kind of so gravitate. Where you've got these fields and then you've got these grassy strips waterways yeah. coming down towards the bottoms towards yeah. these big timber draws mm-hmm. and so we go running towards one of those you're in the four wheeler we're on the utv behind you yeah and what happened uh he's pull off a little bit 10 feet in and i jump off i look straight down i go g2 he goes kind of looked at me like no <laughs> I go, yeah, G2, about 60 yards. Looks telling me, holy <laughs> explanation. And he's like. I can't believe you saw Yeah, that. I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, got some eyes today. So, and then within five minutes, we he glassed, tried to find the other one. And he found a smaller one just underneath the tree uh-huh. at the same time. So, so yeah, they're like 30 yards away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it was fun. So we go running down, and literally it was right where Dan was walking towards <laughs> them. I did feel better. Yeah, I looked to the right, and here he comes. Here up, Dan, so that's, it was on Dan's path. So I, I took over Corey's job of sniping uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure Dan's going to mention you in the yeah, next probably, podcast. Yeah, probably, you know. Yeah. It's all right. I adjusted him last time. So That's true. Yeah. You adjusted Dan? Yeah. It okay. Was, it so it's like an initiation. Like, I'm part of your guys' yeah, brotherhood. You are now yeah. part of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to offer. My neck feels phenomenal yeah. right now. So. We yeah. did. I got a good little adjustment there by 
Ross Haas as well, yeah. and that was that was impressive. Just for you know headaches and shoulder pain, that's not normal. You can get that looked at. You're so. saying it's not normal not for us to normal. be in pain all the time? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And having headaches all the time? Yeah, something can be done. The stress of a, a business owner, oh, yeah. right, yeah. All, all all adds up into those muscles. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. We're going to work on that. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. It's a work-life balance, Mark. You're right. right? As, as entrepreneurs, we got to yeah. keep things figured out, I guess. Yeah. But so all chaos broke up after yeah, you found that wh- shit. Which was cool. I went down there and kind of did our thing. You know, it couldn't pick it up right away. And. All of a sudden, then we found uh, Ryan's other one. All of a sudden, we started. Then once you, but the experience center is like, oh, we're in a, we're in a. This is one what of those are we spots. In? Ross, what kind of spot? Where we're. Better bring the mic up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in a glory. What's it oh, called? a glory hole. A yeah, glory yeah, hole. yeah, it probably was a glory it's hole. A glory hole. That well, is, could be called that. Yes, that was definitely a glory hole. So Coco, you can see Coco's <laughs> heads perk up. He's like the pace started to quicken. Every, yeah, you get this. Sh- like this, it's a uh, shed FOMO. Is what I call it. Yeah. Fear of missing, Fear of missing out. out. When you know you're in a glory hole, a shed glory hole, all of a sudden you're like, okay, where is it? Where is it? You know it. And so everyone starts <laughs> walking faster. Everyone, nobody takes as much time to take like pictures of the sheds. <laughs> yeah. And people just scatter. I just, it, it I, was ca- chaos. Yeah. yeah. Everyone it was incredible. Was like, right, well, you we'll ran up the hill and you found one right away. And yeah. Then, and then somebody found the match to that. Well, it's funny because we're all surrounding this shed. The You know, the first one we found post-lunch. And it was a dandy, right? Yeah. We're all surrounding it like this is the first antler we ever, we've ever seen. Yeah, right? exactly. We're all like taking pictures of it close. Uh-huh. And it's like I, I, a few autographs went out even. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, some chest bumps, you know. And the next thing you know, it, we look up and there's another one. And then there's another one. And then we're like. Yeah, then everyone's. The race like, is off. Oh, geez. That, that's only a 30-inch so, side, you know. Move on to the next one. And Corky took off running because <laughs> he was getting all excited. And then what happened next, Peter? What? <laughs> well, then. <laughs> Since I found a nice shed, I'm like, well, you know, we're all here to find, so I'm going to go up on the top of the hill, and I, I like, I'll just take a second or two, and I'll just glass the field edges because we're in a hot spot, and nobody likes the corn anyway, so I'll glass, and I'm glassing like 30 yards off Corey's left hand side into the, like the shorter the grassy strip. The, yeah, he already the, walked past it though, so it's yeah, game. it kind of was. I'm like, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you know, in your HD binoculars, everything looks huge. I'm like, oh. Shit! And Corey's like, you can see Corey's like, you know, it was so close to him. I felt bad for a second. And uh, for once, yeah, ran up there and it was pretty nice. I've, I was like on top of the world. That was, that was a nice show. You were on fire, yeah. man. That was, was a really was good. Was one. Two really nice yeah. ones. Like if yeah. it was NBA Jam, you would be, yeah. He's heating up. Heating yeah. up. <laughs> he's on yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the shoes? I was Bo Jackson in Tech, <laughs> tech Mobile. Yeah. yeah. So you you found the one from the forward. Then Ryan spotted the small one underneath the tree, yeah. and then we walked up, and someone found another small one. Did yeah. you see the small one? I think. It was yeah, you. I found a yeah. little dinker. You but found the small. Who one. Who found the match right after that? And then someone uh, found the match. Corey found. Corey the match, did. Then but he just gave it to you. Yeah, gave it to me. Oh, and well, then, then Corey did find one. Good for Corey him. Corey did find one. Yeah. But he gave it up. And then not long after that, you spotted that big one. Yeah. And then did they find another little one over there? And this is all in like a, like a this is ten hundred mi- yard minutes. area, ten yeah. hundred yards area. Yeah. Ten minutes. But it, what's interesting is the two studs that we found, well, that you found, we couldn't match them up. Right. No. no. So you they're know? out there somewhere. Yeah, they're 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 out there. Hmm. And then so Dan, he's like, peace out on you guys. Yeah, he's it was like, funny because as we look at, it, I thought he might have went back to his car and they had to leave. Right. And little do we know, they continued on. They continued to. Greener pastures, so yeah. to speak. Oh man! And they ended up picking up four all nice ones. Yeah, that one that Sarah found, I think, is 
got to be the most genetically superior one. I mean, yeah. it, no more than three. It could have been a two-year-old. And it was a big five-point Big right? frame, yeah. Big yeah. four on it. I mean... Oh, that was that was that was pretty neat seeing uh, well, we a were, good variety. We were you know? walking up from a distance. It was Ross and I, anyway. yeah. No, Ryan was with us, and I thought they were waving seventies around. They looked huge yeah, they mm-hmm. from a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. They found four good ones, and then we mm-hmm. all kept looking. And then me and Ben, we found the old ones. You found the old flyer one, and I yeah. found a really nice old. Well, you one ran into that. This. The first one you ran into was. That was one of the bigger sheds I've ever oh, found. Yeah. I wish awesome. it was fresh. I mean, for it's some weird, reason, isn't it weird how if it's not fresh, for it's some not reason, the same. it being old, it just right. feels a little bit, yeah, yeah, sub, sub, whatever it would have been before. But still, I mean, probably a sixty-inch side, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but just bleached white. You know, it's a little bit lighter weight after they've been out there for a while, yeah. but still awesome to find that. And then not long after that, the flyer buck we find mm-hmm. bleached up. He, he was actually thing. cracked. Like the flyer was broke off of him, oh. but it was right there. Was that field edge? I mean, how did it get run over? Yeah, field yeah. edge. Yeah, yeah, field edge up against the fence, basically, and some grass right there. I don't. I mean, must have dragged, you know, drug some sort of implement across to mm-hmm. to snap it like that. But it was all still right there, and the and the fracture was like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like a carpenter's router or something. Yeah. You, you know, we're going to be able to get that thing back together. So that That's was just cool. super cool. It's awesome. You know, it's uh. Not all the time when you close, you know, you kind of, you kill a buck and then you find his shed afterwards, right? Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. And then things slowed down right after that, though. Yeah. We came, went we came back the road. Down. Yeah. You know, back to reality. And we found one more after yeah. that? Pete. Oh, yeah. I Peter, did. you found that found one. found that one. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a nice buck. That was probably, I think it was one and a half. Split yeah. G2. Yeah, framed up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Split G2. Solid, solid frame. Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, split brow. Wow. Oh, brow. Oh, excuse me, brow. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> G1. Yeah, G1. Not bad. So how many was that? 15 sheds? 15 total, I think. Mm-hmm. And all in the last three, four hours of the day. Yeah. Right? Yep. Most of them were in like an hour and a half or hour even. There's got to be a few more out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely still more sheds mm-hmm. out there for you guys to mm-hmm. find. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it was cool to do that. And, man, we just – the scouting is just – this is just such a great time to go out there. All the drab colors of of late winter, um, especially when you get some moisture and, and there's some mud, you know, and these deer trails just stick out like a sore thumb. And you can just get on these things and figure out parts of your property without really affecting it uh, whenever it comes time to hunt. Um, you can do a, so much homework right now. It's, it's the most critical time from a scouting perspective. People have said it before, but today was just a great example. I mean, we really mm-hmm. covered a lot of stuff that we would not even think about walking in yeah. come hunting season. So, Do you feel like you learned some stuff today, even you know, sh- combining shed hunting and scouting? Like you took, you have some takeaways after today's walk and hearing from everyone? Yeah, I mean. From a hunting perspective? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, th- this, this farm lays out completely different than the other property I hunt. And the other one's, you know, it's cattle farm. It's got CRP and the cows are pastured in the timber. So it's, you got a different ecosystem there, basic, you know, compared to this composition of this farm. It's classic brushy draws, creek bottoms, some hardwood ridges and knolls, and uh, and then a, a ton of crop ground, you know, and it's uh, completely different. So um, something I really keyed in on was where a lot of the, you know, um, uh, kind of in between these fingers where you'd have I don't want to say a transition area but you can kind of tell there's a main trail coming out of the cover 
And a lot of times you'll find before they hit into the wide open field, there will be maybe be a grass patch there, just kind of an open area or, or where that edge is, is feathered into, you know, it's not quite pure timber, but it's, it's still a little bit of cover. And just as they're coming out and there's all, almost always a scrape there, you, you know, and that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool to remember mm-hmm. down the road to be able to maybe set some cameras and whatnot yeah. too. And I picked out a great tree to observe, uh, observation stand, um, with, uh, with Corey, when we were heading t- towards you to go, when you picked up that, that, that nice one, mm-hmm. um, we passed a cottonwood that would just be awesome. It'll be on a, uh, anything south or west, but I basically can see that whole face that we walked this morning. Our team th- that we walked, you yep. know, that's a lot of ground. And uh, I'll have to get up high, but, man, what a great tree I found right there. And I can hopefully use that to learn, you know, early in the, in the season and figure out what bucks are coming out. This fire will be so good for observation stands, like yeah. the views you have, mm-hmm. especially like this year if it's all planted in beans, like yeah. the velvet footage mm-hmm. and the velvet scouting you're going to be able to do will just be yeah primo. Yes, yeah, it could be, could be pretty good. Then you nice. got those white pines just as you enter. I yeah. thought that, that's unique. Mm-hmm. Pretty little section there. Yeah, pretty, I mean, Ross, how many? pretty random. We saw quite a few... Uh, Oh yeah, that was tore up in there. Yeah, that was super thick. You couldn't even walk. I, did you guys ever walk through that or not? I walked the uh, when we got a hold of that place last year. I walked. It'd be on the west end of it where the creek comes together, and there's a we found a dead cow in there. Oh yeah, but um, oh man, what a crossing right there! And it is. It's crazy thick. There's some blowdowns. A lot of signpost rubs. In yeah, there. it's all yeah tons yeah. of blowdowns. Super thick. Yeah, huge signpost rubs in there. Kind of easy then, to overlook, maybe you know. Just yeah, so it just seems like one of those overlooked areas where you pull your you pull your truck into the property right. and those, he's, he's already that watching laying there watching the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What it, a tricky spot, man! And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. A deer would would mm-hmm. would would hang there and observe. Yeah, it was it was awesome in there. Yeah. So what what's the deal with this farm? I mean, when you picked it up, you got you know it's a new lease, mm-hmm. and you came into it. When did you? When did you figure out you were going to be able to hunt this place last year? Um, I think we walked it in, I want to say, April. Oh, so you I did think know it, in I think the it spring. Was, I think it was in April. Yeah. Excuse me. We got um, We got to walk it right at the tail end before it got crazy thick. Gotcha. So we did as much scouting as we could, the two of us, on this place. And, and uh, you know, we set cams, but it just wasn't enough cameras to – to cover what's there mm-hmm. and uh um basically we just wanted to excuse me use the year to to observe and uh but your first two kills were substantial well, yes yeah. <laughs> so i was gonna ask how did your season how'd your first season on the new property go yeah i killed uh rumor has it pretty r- well right yeah man i was fortunate uh i've been uh, i don't want to say snake bit i've done it to myself you know but i've messed up a couple deer since moving here, one in 2015 and one in 2016, just didn't put good enough shots on them to kill them and uh, really started to battle um, some confidence issues, you know. So I went back into uh, the drawing board and taught myself, re- tried to reteach myself how to shoot, and I, I switched to a back tension release, and I think that helped me figure out how to execute Did you switch to that just in practice, or did you actually use that in the field while hunting? While well, hunting? I used it in the field as well, yeah. So cool. I, I ended up getting a couple releases in in, uh, in running them from February, started shooting in February basically, and uh, on through and really got comfortable with first the back tension. We're getting way off from my season, but <laughs> this kind of leads into it, you know, and, and uh, 
uh, the back tension was uh, a good way for me to execute a shot and follow through and be comfortable with the surprise and not be okay with that pin just floating on the target, you know, floating on the target and not have to be one specific spot and then fire, right. you know. So right. um, once I got through those those demons and, and uh, uh, basically, I, you know, pick this farm up and, and it's always nice to have options, but my other farm just does not hunt well with the north wind. I, I can only access it from the north. So I needed to find something where I could have better longevity throughout the season to be able to hunt so we found this property we can access from all sides and um i hunted i hunted uh let's see i i hunted late october uh two sets two evening sets and then um uh november 2nd would have been my third sit and that's when i went in and and uh uh, I went in and, and hung a stand on a on a spot of the farm where I knew it'd be a good bottleneck, and it was up against some really good cover. You know, we called it the sanctuary, right? And it was an area that was timbered and years ago, and it's just really, really thick. One of the spots that Ryan and I remembered in April, and uh, put on a really good rattling sequence there at three o'clock, and I was on the phone with my wife, and uh, she was in Italy, and, and I'm I'm talking to her on Facetime, you know. And in the stand. Well, in the stand, yeah. I, so I rattled, and we haven't we didn't talk for like five days because of the time difference. Uh -huh. So she calls me. I'm like, I, I, I have to answer it, you know. So I'm kind of <laughs> leaning against a tree just looking at her, you know. We're talking. And and, uh, and about, oh, five, probably five minutes, maybe a little bit more, here he comes out of the, out of the sanctuary. I could just see his crown and his black cap on his forehead. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember telling her, oh, my God, there, here comes a giant. And I, I just stuffed the phone in my pocket. I don't even yeah. know if I hung up on her. I just <laughs> stuffed the phone in my pocket. And uh, He came in. He got behind a tree, and he was kind of looking. You could tell he didn't quite know where I was. So I feel like that rattling sequence brought him. Um, I, I think when I rattled, he was far enough away, or he was out of it enough. Maybe he was just kind of, you know, just chilling during the daytime, but he, he didn't come over right away. So he, he didn't quite pinpoint me. So when he came around and I, a couple more grunts, I mean, that told him right where to go. And, um, uh, I drew on him at about 40 and followed him in you know, just followed his vitals on with the pin and everything just really slowed down. And it goes back to that kind of reteaching myself to be comfortable with, you know, at the moment of truth and just was thankful. I put a good shot on him and, uh, I basically watched him go down, but I didn't quite see it. You know, I, I gave him a couple hours and uh, um, gave him a couple hours and and uh, went went back in and recovered him with my mom and with Jack. And and uh, no, I, as soon as I shot him, I called Kate back. I said, "I'm sorry, I hung up on you, but I just put an arrow through a great deer." You know, and and uh, that was a, just a cool moment. So well, I, I imagine that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Is but, that your biggest buck ever? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. He was a stud. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just a really cool deer. He's well, yeah, describe him. Describe the deer. Uh, fifteen inches wide, pretty tall, mega heavy. You know, just the weight of his antlers in general was um pretty was the most impressive part. Uh, his mainframe, he'd be a mainframe nine, but his his what made him a nine point was a crab clawed four on his left side, which is pretty cool. And it just yeah. kind of went out as like a classic curved crab claw, yeah. you know. So as an eight, he, you know, if he was, if he didn't have that as an eight point, he would have been really impressive. Right. But you know, he threw a couple of kickers and add, added more inches, but, um, super heavy. We walked up on him and it was just like, Oh my goodness, how are we going to get this thing out of here? And, uh, we drug him out and, and, uh, uh, 
the celebration was on, man. It felt how old do you think he was? Um, so I without any history with him, I think he was probably six plus. He was just a hog. Wow, you know, he was in, certainly in his prime. Um, the jawbone, on the other hand, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, if, if like the jawbone was looking more like four, possibly five, right? But then again, I'm not quite sure how good I am as far as you know scoring these these things. Right. And, uh, looking at a ton of jawbones, I don't have much history with. So I'm going to send the teeth in to uh, figure out how old he was. But he was fully mature, and uh, just one I was pretty pumped to put my tag around after. Yeah. You know, after congratulations. It. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I would say so. That's awesome. And then you mentioned earlier another mega giant buck was killed on the property. Yeah, so a couple days later. Right? Yeah, a couple days later, a buddy of ours from Michigan came down, and uh, they were hunting kind of you know off and on throughout the season, and and uh, he came down and put an arrow through the flyer buck that we uh, we had pictures with in the summertime, um, and uh, just a cool like I think I guess he'd be I guess he'd be like a mainframe eight but he had a bunch going on on his two the flyer and a split and everything big flyer yeah yeah not a little guy for sure no. so another another really big animal uh weight wise body wise so two you know dominant bucks that we killed off that farm so i mean that hey, who knows we might be dealing with a bunch of four-year-olds this coming year which is still a great problem to have right yeah well, oh yeah yeah based <laughs> yeah. off of the I, sheds we found I mean, yeah. we found sheds from at least Five different bucks that should be four or older this year, right? Mm -hmm. And we know there's probably a lot more. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and that that's not a that's not a representation of the only things that are living on there throughout the year. I mean, this is a great yeah rut farm the way it lays out. It's something from the neighborhood could come scooting through here, and there's a lot of bottlenecks in it. So, yeah. uh, hopefully, we can have success this coming year. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. shed I found. I'm curious to see what that looks like next year. That was real thick. Thick base. Yeah. Good mass. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine what life would be like hunting a farm with five four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then again, it's a, uh, right, it's all relative. It is all I mean, relative. It is all relative. Yeah, right. yes. I'm, uh, I'm by no means uh, uh, being jaded by the circumstances of having that, right? But that's not, I mean, that's, um, you know, you could be chasing a couple of three-year-olds in, in Michigan and be having just as much yeah. uh, of a unique circumstance, you know, yeah. so. It's all, it's all it's depending all, on where you're at yeah. and what you got, yeah. what's going on, yep. having a good time, right? Absolutely. So you talked about this big, giant flyer buck. Uh, here, Ross, you've got a story related to something like that. Uh, you want to tell us about your season? Because we, we had you on the podcast in fall – 2016 we did that uh analyzing four successful rut hunts that one podcast where we talked about my kill during the rut we talked about dan's kill during the rut we talked about Co corky's <laughs> corky's kill during the rut and we talked about your kill during the rut that year but we haven't had you on to talk about your 17th season how'd that go down it was uh it was awesome awesome year i uh i actually got a chance to kill a big flyer buck myself um Give us the whole history, the story of this deer. Whole history, the whole thing. Uh, so first, what'd you, what'd you name this deer? Jim Leahy. And where in the world did yeah, that what's come that from? Uh, trailer Park Boys. I don't know if you've ever seen that. <laughs> no, I haven't. So um, he's like the trailer park supervisor or whatever. Okay. He's a drunk. Can I also point um, out? I'm sorry, I keep interrupting <laughs> your story. <laughs> I I love 
your names for bucks, and I really love the fact that you named one of your bucks after my one of my friends from grade school. I got a buddy that I've known since the second grade named Jason Tran, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he is not a hunter in any way, shape, or form, but he often he follows my stuff because we're buddies, and he'll often leave random comments that make no sense on stuff. Yeah, that's how I got to know Jason Tran. Right. He doesn't know who I am, no. but I always thought he was funny because of the comments. And I nice knew how, how good of a friend he was of yours, so I'm like, oh, that's a good name for him. So you he looks a- like a Jason. Jason Tran fits him. <laughs> that's so awesome. You got a big eight, mega eight-pointer named Jason Tran, you're hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 on the, he's the one that I want to get next year. That's why I told Were Jason. Were you hunting him last he's year? worried. <laughs> No, Ross, which was awesome for Ross. Wasn't this the first time you said this buck or nothing? Yeah, th- this was the first year that I, yeah, but yeah. you know how that Flyer is. buck yeah. or nothing? I'm not. Well, yeah, well right. that's, what I, that's what I went into the season saying, but, awesome. you know, I'm not something. But you were going after him. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to you hold You had his, for him. history. Yeah. 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 So, sorry, okay. go back to your story, the history. It was, yeah, it was, so like a couple of years prior, I was getting pictures of this buck with super potential. He had like all these. He's one of those like young bucks with all those like little sticker points, and he's got like splits, and it's like you know if he get makes it a couple more years, he's gonna be a really great buck. And uh, and I don't know, he maybe he was maybe he was a huge two year old then. He might have been like a, a just an awesome three year old with a lot of potential. I'm not sure. Um, but then the next year, I started getting pictures um, again, and uh, this year that year he had big splits. So he had on the left side he had big split g2 split g3 on the right side he had this big inside kicker point he was just an awesome buck but he had like but he was probably like 130s frame with all the that junk um so going into the year i'm like man that's a nice buck but i didn't really want to shoot him this was but last I wanted year to see him yeah yeah or, this sorry, is la- this is last year yeah or two yeah two years yeah, ago 16 16 so there's this uh on the farm there's this big like primary scrape all the bucks hit it in october that are in the area um and come like mid-october to late october every single buck in that area hits it and a lot of bucks even the mature bucks will hit it in daylight even in the mornings um so i went down in there when the conditions were right and i i got set up uh over that scrape and uh, i got a chance to see them and he came in, and actually, my my gut instinct when he when he came in, he was coming in. I'm like, oh, that's a nice buck, but I never even grabbed my bow. Hmm. And then when he got past me, he was like 30 yards broadside, and he's going past. I'm like, oh, that's Jim Leahy. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, maybe. And then I was like, kind of panicking, you know, uh-huh. like maybe I should have grabbed my bow, but I shouldn't have. He he never like he, I, he never like got my heart racing or anything, yeah. and he, and he shouldn't have because at that time, he just wasn't what I wanted to shoot. So, um. So he walked, and then later on that year, I got a chance to see him again, and he was he got into like uh, all uh, I've never seen like I've seen deer sparring, you hear deer sparring, you see it all the time, but never like an all out fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was incredible! And he was going with what other buck? Uh, Kevin Vandeboom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hey, who just, is that? That's what I'm. Yeah, he's that's, another mega giant. Um, yeah, he's 170 inch, just heavy. Ugh. Yeah, Massive big dog. Buck. Yeah. So the flyer bucks going with it. Yeah, you know, going at it with this guy. Yeah. Whatever this, happened to him? Wow, what a courageous. Don't know. He's. I don't know where he is. Don't know. Wish oh. I knew. Wow. Um, but yeah, they. It was one of those times you're sitting in the stand. It's a slower than slow, 
and I don't know if it was mid-afternoon or when it was, kind of mid midish day, and it sounded like two baseball bats, just somebody just cracked them together. Whoa, you know, where you just like kind of jump and you're like, what was that? And I'm looking around, and then you can just see that brown flashing through the timber, and Uh holy cow, it was like just two huge bucks going to town. And it's so funny, um, because the, the, too (laughs) sorry about that, my microphone wasn't close enough to my mouth, I'm getting getting yelled at by Mark over here. Now it's too close. (laughs) You're turning your head, you're turning your head too much. You need to invest in four headsets and we'd be fine. We've already described the fact that Wired Hunt is not doing very well, because I buy Budweiser heavy to drink, so you can't expect me to afford four headsets. so that was, was a it? microphone gesture you were doing? Yeah, it oh, was. Yeah, they did. <laughs> okay, I was I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how things work in Hollywood. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so right. talking to the mic. So right here? Yeah. Is that good? That's a little bit good. farther away. There, no, were, closer. Oh, that's tough. Closer. Farther yeah, away. Closer. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly not interested. Uh, yeah. Okay. So okay. you're talking where were, about where were we? Kevin right. Vanderboom. Oh, yeah, Jim whatever. Lady, whatever. They got in a fight. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, um, that was it for that year. And then the next year got some pictures of him again, except for he didn't have those big splits. He just had a big flyer that was split off the left G2. And then he had like a nice inside point in this year. He was bigger. He was more like 150s inch frame with trash. And so I was getting pictures of him. I'll just keep this story short because I can just talk forever and no, then people will be bored with that. So, the story. No, so then um, I wasn't really getting too many pictures of him as much as last year, but then I had a picture on um, a little food plot and I got a picture of him coming back into the into the farm that morning. And so I was like, What time shoot, is this? I, um, this was November 7th or something like that, 7th. And so I, I got a picture of him coming into the farm. So I'm like, well, geez, he's got to be in the area. And chances are he's probably with the doe right now. So it was like a southwest wind. There's a really good doe bedding area in the back of the farm off a of bluff. Um, I have a stand set up in this tree. Uh, that's it's a good spot for it. Yeah. A stand in the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Very I didn't, let me finish. Stand I in the tree <laughs> on an inside corner. Um it's on the inside corner downwind of this bedding area. And so years past, too, you know, you, you bucks will cruise the ridge that's right off the stand and cruise, obviously, that doe bedding area. So I've been sitting there for quite a while and then um, wasn't seeing too much to get the occasional, like, little dink cruising through. And then all of a sudden I just heard that big, deep, guttural grunt. It's just like unmistakable. You just know it's like that is a big buck. Can you yeah. do that? Because you're pretty good at making grunts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do it on the spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Good. Real good. So <laughs> Some serious talent over there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Hey, can you guys vouch for my that was bugle solid. I did yesterday? Yeah, why don't you give us a why don't, why I don't you give think us I taste can, that? I think that would blow no, the on, speakers. Seriously. Oh, my God. I will try it. I will try I'm going to pull the mic away from my mouth here. You're going to bugle? I'm going to do a bugle. Right. I'm just with no, just my mouth. The neighbors. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's some serious oh, talent no. there, man. That was wow. as good as it was last time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Continuing on. I can't believe you did How that. How much do you practice that at home? Like, what does Kylie say about that? That's how I, that's how I bring Kylie in at night to the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. That's why they had a child. 
And so Everett was made. And that's how Everett came to be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. This is You're a classic good. going down right smart. now. Your son will hear this podcast and <laughs> – Wow. Yep. That was great. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. Cool. So uh, back to whatever we were oh, talking man, about. You hear this grunt. Oh, yeah. You hear the grunt. Yeah. yeah. I heard that grunt down in the, the bottom, you know, and then I, I knew, okay, there's a big buck down there. But then I heard, like, he'd be chasing around, and then I heard some tending grunts. So I knew, okay, now there's there's a big buck with the doe down there. But I just could never get a, get a good look at him. It was just, like, flashes and this and that. And then he occasionally... Um, kind of worked his way away from me down the valley and I could hear him just leaving and I thought, okay, well, bummer, not going to really see what, what that was. Um, great encounter anyways. And then as the night went on, it was like that last 30 minutes, like sun's starting to set, starting to get less light. And then all of a sudden I hear some footsteps and I look and here's a doe and she's kind of coming towards me along the thick ridge. And then I heard that grunt again that big deep grunt and I watched a little bit longer and then I could see him just see rack coming through the thick stuff. And I'm going to interrupt real quick. There is nothing better than a deer that that's dialed in on his doe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. grunting, you know, and you know, that's they're coming cool. and he is just so occupied with her. You know, nothing else in the world matters to him. That's, I love that. And then you just, pray that that doe's gonna come by yeah absolutely there's no way you're gonna bring him in <laughs> yeah. right you know it's it's all up to her on which way she yeah. goes but yeah i was in the right that's what that's what we live for right there i mean yeah. you know that's the... i was in the right area but whether they came past right. the stand that day yeah. it was just dependent on where she wanted to take them yeah and he she was i mean if anybody's ever seen a buck tending a doe like that they move painstakingly slow like mm-hmm. it is just slow and the doe doesn't move much. She's just standing there most of the time. She'll browse a little bit. She'll lay down. And he'll usually give her some room. Um, unlike, you know, those younger bucks like we see during the rut, like you'll see younger bucks, they'll be chasing does all over the place. Well, we don't see that with mature bucks as much because they're not stupid and they know, like, they know not to push the doe around. Like if yeah. they're on a hot doe, leave her alone. You'll, yeah. you'll the, breed her when she's ready. Come, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's just he's just sitting there behind her like you know 10 yards and they're just moving so slow that it's to the point where it's like god i don't know if i'm gonna have enough time i don't like they're gonna get here but it's gonna be dark and then then i'm I'm starting to think how the heck am i gonna get out of this tree stand huh. and, and, and 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 is it fair to say ross that you are one to worry no about no. stuff he stays <laughs> he stays no, no, extremely not, no, positive all the time no no were in this you, situation i was i was you, i was calm were yeah. you calm cool and collected yeah yeah good. you know sometimes well, you get good. fired up and most times not this time sometimes yeah no i was i was i was good all right good i don't know nice nice all right yeah. sorry i'm Continue. a killer i'm a killer mark you you, you are, are a killer um, mark. you really are and then uh, i can vouch for that <laughs> you get the job done well Every year, Usually. Every I worry. I worry about where to sit. I don't worry yeah. really where. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Perfect tree. So, yeah. So, so. Anyways, he's uh, she's standing there. She cuts across a little trail. There's an opening, but they're just, I don't know. They're just out of range for a comfortable shot. And she kind of worked her way parallel to me, and then she dropped down into another valley, kind of out of out of sight. So I thought, well, based on where she went, he's going to follow her. I'm not going to really get a shot. Um, awesome encounter. That was great. You know, I was just ready to end the night. Uh, you know, successful hunt, even though I didn't get something. So he followed her, did the same thing, what I expected. And he was just, the whole time he's just raking, 
raking brush. He's rubbing trees. It's just awesome. It's just, just a great show. And I'm sitting in the tree, and all of a sudden I hear like a little twig snap right next to me, and that doe pops out. And I look down, and I look at that doe, and I look up at him, and I'm like, holy shit, it's going to happen. <laughs> and I, that's what I said. I, I don't even think I said it in my you I, said it I, out loud. I, yes, I did. I, I looked at Doe. I'm like, it's going to happen. Wow. And she was standing there. He turned and walked straight to me. He stopped at maybe like 20 yards. And at this point, he's facing me. So I'm watching him, and my eyes are going back and forth. I'm watching him. I'm watching her, waiting for her to make a step to see if he moves and makes that make takes a turn. Um, so she did take a step, and she actually decided to go back the way she came. And for her to st- come out where she was, there was, there was no reason for her to do that. Like, <laughs> it made no sense. I don't even know why she did that, yeah, but I'm glad she did. Yeah. And so she made a move to go back, and he, like, immediately did that spin to go back the way he came. So he wasn't going to, like, parallel to me and go broadside. He just spun. And at that time, I knew... Like, and that's one of those things probably just where we're experienced. You just know what to do at that time. Cause right. I think most people would have probably just, he would have spun and they would have drew and then they would have never stopped him. But I drew, I like, I'm pretty sure I, I don't even know what happened. It was like a blur, but you, you draw and stop him at the same time. And I stopped him just in time where, where I could tuck it right behind his shoulder. So he was quartering away. Really, really strong. But where I was comfortable and I could make a great shot, I hit him right behind the, behind the back ribs. And that buck went down like less than five seconds. He was down. Wow. Wow. And yeah, that was awesome. that was an incredible hunt. It was awesome. And so so he talk about him a little, little more. I mean, he's got like an eight inch flyer palmated. Yeah, thing I think off. I think it's like a shoot how long? I think it was seven. It was like seven inches, and then it forks. It's it's real thick. Yeah. Kind of webbed and then forks off. It's a great really buck. Cool he's like deer. nineteen inches wide. Did he lose Super a little rack? Didn't he break off some smaller stuff? Yeah, he did. He had like a big curly kind of point. He probably would have grossed 170 if he yeah. had that. Yeah. Huh. But he busted that off, which. Whatever. But that's another thing about this buck. He was kind of like, he was a, well, I saw, we like I mentioned before, I saw him fighting Kevin Vandeboom. <laughs> and, uh, Bringing the boom. <laughs> and the other years, he was always busted up. So that was one of my fears like this year. I was like, I'm, if I'm going to kill him, I got to kill him early because he's yeah. going to be busted up by November, huh. you know? Fortunately, this year he just busted off that one point and kept everything else yeah. all intact. But, Incredible. Uh, but yeah, it was a great hunt. That's awesome. It was awesome. That is awesome. The best part was when I when I killed him. I knew he was down right away, you know. And I texted you guys in the group text. Or whatever, yeah, you were horrible. About I it. love doing that to you yeah, guys. We and we really <laughs> really get mad about it. You're the worst. <laughs> Because yeah. we've got. Would you leave everybody our... hanging? Oh yeah. yeah, I love doing that. I'm like, oh, just just shot Jim Leahy, you know, and then they're all like texting back and forth. Like, Picks or it didn't happen. Is what we always say. Picks or it didn't happen. And then right. some some of the guys are like, who's Jim Leahy? And then they're sending pictures. Oh my god, you know, and... it's this one because we've been seeing pictures, but yeah. Dusty and, and Andy then I'm didn't texting remember. back, man, guys, I don't know, it's gonna be a long night, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And... And he, then, uh, you, yeah, you kept him on the hook all night. Oh, I love doing that. Oh, He's notorious. Ross and I we we closer, so I get some off the off the. You get the off the to the side text, text. Yeah, yeah, and you get I'm like, the top secret I go, I go what the hell are you doing to those guys? Because I uh, just wait till tomorrow. Don't say anything. I'm like, oh, well, well, you guys want pictures all the time, and I was by myself, and it was dark, and I couldn't take a decent picture. That's I, I always yeah, get a lousy that, picture yeah, first, yeah. though. So I just yeah. took a picture of that flyer and I sent, sent it to that. him. I'm like, yeah. Oh, buddy, yeah. yeah, awesome. That was awesome. That awesome is hunt. sweet. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was exciting. And then that, I think, if I remember right, you killed Jim Leahy. 
and then you text us about it that morning, and that was the morning that Furter killed his buck. Me and Furter were in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Remember, I remember getting the text messages from you in the morning. And or did he kill him the same day? No. I think you killed your buck the night before, but you were telling us about him the next morning. Yeah, because oh. that's when you decided to tell people. Yeah. So you were texting us about Jim Leahy, and then I am seeing Furter's buck come running by me. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, there's buck. And then yeah. that whole thing Yeah, that was happened. a good couple days. It was. It was, um, it was a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, let's pause here real quick for a word from our partners at Whitetail Properties. This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Rich Baugh, a land specialist out of southeastern Iowa. And Rich is going to be telling us about how he patterns mature bucks without educating them. So what I like to do is uh, figure out where a buck's living. And so during the late summer and early fall months, I'll run trail cameras around my farm, probably one for every 40 to 60 acres try to figure out where the different mature bucks are living. Um, you really have to keep an eye on that, you know, once October and November get here because they, they often tend to disperse and, and move around a little bit, but, but I still use cameras and I, and I have them in areas where you know, I'm not going to disturb the deer to check them. One of the things, you know, that that's key to me is I just don't pressure deer in early October. I figure out where they're living, you know, where they feed and then really don't hunt them until the last week of October, first week of November when I know they're going to be on there feet before dark and and still on their feet after daylight otherwise you know you risk educating them and making them go nocturnal if you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that rich currently has listed for sale visit whitetailproperties.com backslash baugh that's b-a-u-g-h so ben had a great little story there you had a great story there peter what from this season, do you want to talk about from your 2017 season? Is there anything that stood out? Yeah. Experience? Oh, yeah, some great experiences. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, As a chiropractor, I we're very busy during no, I'm talking talk deer hunting No, but I'm saying. <laughs> trying to, to, yeah. With my I, had trying one, to I had this one patient. I don't, I don't, t- yeah, I don't take <laughs> I off a lot. I don't take off a lot of time. So, <laughs> Tell them about uh, the plan for, like, next year in that public land spot. That would be good, so we, good thing to talk about. Years ago, I hunted the state land spot, and I could see this river bottom from where I was. And at about 9.30, 10 o'clock, I, just a giant walked through there. And I put it, in my, you know, put it in your mind, but you just don't think about why he's there at that time in the morning. So it was the last, um, one of the last 80-degree days, like in the middle of October. So Ross and I went and scouted down there for just to walk the property, this state land. We bumped a buck that went through the water and to the other side, so we decided to scout a little bit better, found some early season scrapes and some rubs and I said well I'll just sit up in here you know tomorrow or the next weekend and uh, lo and behold it kind of rained didn't it I don't remember well I set up on that deer we it came back in it was like a one 120 so we let him go and um, but I wanted to be in a different spot from where I was but when I got in there it was pitch dark so long story short set up in a different tree than I wanted to so I based on that experience years ago i said i'm gonna stay a little later because i think uh, stay till like 9 30 or 10 and i thought maybe something mature would come down but the, we didn't know real we didn't know why i think because it was misty at that time yeah, yeah i go oh, sure. i just had that experience saying, i'm gonna test it and it was raining so i thought they might misting i thought they might freshen up stuff sure enough this monster mass monster came down and just went to the one 
tree where I wanted to be by, freshened up that script, went right back into the and This timber. is on that public land? Yeah. So that's mass when monster. Say, when you say a monster, what are you talking about? I, if it's an 8 point or 140 all day, real thick. Wow. And then if it was a 10, it was pretty good size. That's awesome. And Yeah. And then um, so that way, that that hunt I took the long way. And, and then there's another way you can go just straight down a ridge, pair of waders and be up on it. So I started doing that for the rest of the year. And moved in to where that deer was fresh up that scrape, and then uh, a different buck came in equally as impressive. This one was, gosh, well, that one. That, one that frame was, was you know, one eighty frame, but that thing was. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful yeah. deer. So huge. He came in <laughs> kind of like you'd want a deer to come in, and um, just was a little too far up. So. But now, now you got a good spot for next year because yeah, you know I, yeah, why I've, the, now I've, you know why the bucks are doing that and you know where to be in yeah October. I think it's a. They talk about that primary scrape. I think it might be one, and it's a certain time frame. I think I hunted a little bit later and it wasn't as good. So, hmm. yeah. So that's that. Uh, I'd say mid. Well, the first weekend was like twenty. 21st, early twenty first or something, and that's so. when that mass monster came. And then the next weekend I went down there again, and that big. Big eight with the or big nine with a just a huge frame, yeah. Is that the one that you had the similar situation to me, sort of, where you got caught off guard a little bit? Yeah, if you want to dig a little deeper, we can do that. Um, Please. I was watching. Uh, we used to be able to hunt the private behind that, so I was watching this valley, and there's always deer in there. So I was kind of scoping, scoping back there, and it's it's probably seven thirty, quarter to eight, you know, prime time. So I'm just watching back there because I did notice during another hunt that a deer did cross the water and it was a buck. So I'm like, well, I'll just check what's going on. And as I turn around with my binoculars in my hand, that's when that that real nice second buck came through and I was not ready for him. So, yeah, the shot would have been a f- my out of reach for me possibly, but it was just nice to see. So, Well, don't feel bad about getting caught off guard. Yeah. It happens, <laughs> yeah. happens to many of us in this oh, room, yeah. <laughs> or at least one other person. So, yeah. We were talking about some other stuff the other night, Peter. I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but some of the thoughts around uh, um, sure, yeah, just you know how to get more comfortable in those moments or some of the things that you're talking about wanting to work on this coming year. For me, it's got to be at the moment of right there. Like Corey talked to me about after, because why, why at that time were you looking behind you with your binoculars when you, those deer were out of your reach anyways? I mean, he goes, at that time, quarter to eight or seven, just as it's gray light to gray light to whenever, my bow is in my hand ready. He goes, they're going to come in like ghosts in the darkness, you know, and just be ready. So You ever seen that movie? Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. Good movie. You ever seen that, Ross? Yeah. Negative. Ghost in the darkness. I, I can't stay up through any movies, even if it's this like Rambo at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I I, this one I'm narcoleptic. Yeah. I'll check it out. What is it? You got Val Kilmer. <laughs> and you got Michael. Awesome. Michael. Uh, not Michael Jackson, Michael, Michael, not, Michael not Michael oh. Keaton, not Michael Jordan. Douglas? Michael Douglas, thank you. Yeah. Michael Douglas. And he plays Remington. Yeah, Remington. Which is cool. Val Kilmer. Okay. And basically this is talking about the man-eating lions. I think it's the man-eaters of Sava. Yeah, and there they're in this, the Chicago Museum. They're in the Chicago Museum of Natural oh, History, yeah. and there was this railroad trying to be built through Africa. I'm not, I, I don't remember Yeah, and the they details. were stuck at a bridge point trying to get the bridge mm-hmm. built. And okay. these two lions killed... I don't remember what the number, an astronomical number of people. 20s, 30s. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the movie talks about this whole situation. They ended up bringing a professional hunter in to try to kill these man-eaters. And 
Yeah. It's intense. Check it out. So the ghosts so. in the darkness are what Peter's trying to prepare for. Yes. Uh, Traditionally, I... Could you imagine sitting in next to a tree with man-eating lions? No. Walking around? Could Not you no. be prepared for that moment? I have enough gunpowder at home. That's for sure. My dad was <laughs> Pistol boy. Pete. So, but, uh, so sorry. Yes, continue. No. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's been my problem continually each year is the moment of truth. Getting that shot or... I can get on deer all day. I see a lot of deer. Uh, so I'm fortunate that way, but moment of truth is just not something I've had a lot of practice with. So, and I think I think that it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Tons or I oh, or man. I will wait for that perfect shot. I mean, I think about how many times I've had good sized deer there, and I'm fairly picky too at times. But I'm like, that's ah, not. I'm not. I'm thinking, would have Corey a shot? Would Ross have shot? Most likely, but for me, it just didn't feel right. So I think Ross alluded to something too when when you were talking about. You have so much experience in these moments. When Jim Leahy started to do that turn, you'd been through that before. You'd mm. seen that before. You knew, okay, I need to stop and draw and take that shot right now. And you knew, yeah, it was a fast moment, but you, you understood that you had the time, you were comfortable with that. But to well, Peter's point, yeah. if you hadn't been through that or if you hadn't you know, mm-hmm. had been fortunate enough to kill a good number of deer and go through that, it's, it's a lot harder to handle those yeah. moments of truth. And that's why – and everyone's got to do their own thing. Yeah. But – it, I, th- I do think it is helpful to when you're getting into hunting to kill some does, to kill some younger bucks, to, to take it in one step up the ladder at a time. At least that's what worked well for me. Um, but I know you're you're figuring out your own kind of yeah. path too. Well, the year I did shoot that decent buck up in the same same vicinity, mm-hmm. I remember I went in, I go 130 or better, and I saw it come in, never looked at the head again. And unfortunately the shot wasn't true. Uh, and we, I did see the buck the next day. He ran off with a arrow in him. But um, so it can work for me. It's just a matter of making it work for me. Can I psychoanalyze you? Please do. On the air. Yeah. So, so have you ever have you ever thought about changing your uh, what you want to shoot for your for your bow buck? Have for some reason, I want it huge. I you want it? Yeah, you've been very picky about that. And why? Why is this? There's probably a little bit of anxiety about making the correct shot. Uh, so you're saying killing you doesn't come easy to me. I don't right. think it comes easy for a lot of people, right. but just for me, maybe not so much. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of that's my dad's buck. Hmm. I never t- really talked about that before. What do you mean? He's yeah. passed, and he'll never get a chance. So I want that bow one to be just pretty special. Yeah, maybe that's unrealistic, but yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, so interesting. Now, what yeah. about does? Have you changed your opinion a little bit? Do you want to shoot a doe? We talked about this a little bit. You've been reluctant to do that in the past. Um, I think if I get myself more dialed in, it m- might be something easier. I, I have a – I picked up a 20 acres in uh, – I can't really say the town, but um, just 20 acres in the outskirts of my town, and there's the, he's an 80-year-old man, and he's like – he doesn't understand this whole – it's substance, this – shoot this deer for substance and he goes peter you're gonna get a doe here like, so i could see that maybe happening now that'd be cool yeah that'd so, be cool yeah there's nothing better i, than I guess it would, i always think there's a buck coming right so why would i i yeah. was worried that that, yeah. that one well the one time you do let the arrow fly and yeah. shoot that doe then there's the the big buck yeah. walking right behind her yeah yeah october one go out there first yeah. day or october two or something yeah I mean, I mentally, I got to decide that before I even go hunting. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah. decision you got to yeah. make and plan for. Yeah. I'll tell you what, killing's heavy duty, man. It's a heavy deal. Well, I, you there, know, there's it, times I considered, should I just be a camera guy? Hey, you know, uh, it, it's it's not. 
I feel like, uh, boy, this is such a complicated subject. But I mean, in uh, in Upper Michigan, I'm from. I've shot several deer. Yeah. Small forkies and things, and it never felt great, but I've done it. You so shoot them with a bow, or, never or with bow. a gun, and shooting them at close quarters, you putting an arrow through them is is a way more intimate. If that's not, even, I don't even know if that's the right word. Oh, but I think it's it a is. way yeah, more intimate experience word. than than shooting them with a gun. And and uh, you know, I think all, I mean most people that um, have any sort of uh, I don't want to say moral compass. Uh, boy, I could be pissing a lot of people off here, but it, killing is is. Uh, uh, something that is a powerful moment, and yeah. and and it's seriously, well, it's, it's obviously be, resonating Mark, with you. Yeah, you yeah know? Mark and I talked. I I live in the city, so I <laughs> I shot my deer, and I, I was I shoot in my backyard. But if my wrist flicks, my arrows in the neighbor's yard. I'm looking for. I'm like, well, this isn't good. Yeah, it's kind of selfish on my point to be doing that. So I I don't make it a priority to get to a spot to shoot very often. So I'm I'm only shooting twenty yards in my yard or. Mm-hmm. Whenever. And that's so, something you're so working on. Right? In reality, if you look at a hunter, I'm responsible for that shot. So if I'm going out there without a lot of confidence, most confidence yeah. I just won't take it then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill this thing, and this is yeah. going to be a If it's 30, like that buck that came in, Corey or Ross could have shot, it was 35 yards, it's beautiful. I wasn't ready because I wasn't looking, but if I would have been ready, would I have still taken a shot? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some world class hunters that only take. 25-yard shots. Sure. Yeah. 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 So Yeah, but, there's nothing wrong with having yeah. no. So, and that's their their decision. So I learned mm-hmm. from them. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, everyone's got to set whatever yeah. they're comfortable yeah. with. That's but I have a buddy right. who's an amazing shot in Upper Michigan. He knocked one down at 50 because he was comfortable because he shoots at 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't do it all the time, but no wind, conditions were right. Boom. Yeah. 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 So what's the goal for this year, Peter? Oh, we got to practice more. There you go. But at the end of the 2018 season, when the season's done and you look back on it, okay, so one goal is that you want to have practiced more with your bow. Yeah. What other goals do you – and it could be a, a kill goal or it could be anything else. Or, or what, what would be your goals by the end of the season you hope uh, to accomplish? Let's see. Well, kill a deer. i got to make it just a special for me. That's about it. Um, I've got properties where I've got big deer, and – I got properties where I have decent deer, so just I seem to have always waited for that big one. And it does, if it doesn't happen, so it's maybe just get that one thirty on the ground. I've got enough of those. One twenty, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So is is one is is one thirty what feels right? Like that's like for the special one thirty eight. I seem to find eight pointers. One hundred thirty eight inches. Yeah, be great. One hundred thirty eight inches or a hundred thirty inch eight pointer, saying. Yeah, he's saying one hundred thirty inch eight pointer. One hundred thirty inch eight pointer. Okay, or yes. one forty ten. Yeah. That. Yeah, it sounds terrible to put, put these kind of unrealistic – or just to say that. Like right. One, it has to be this. It could be just anything. But. Well, or does it come down to some, we, some like me and Dan were I, talking I guess, about this a few weeks ago. It's yeah. like you just have that feeling, like that, oh. Maybe that's it, yeah. But maybe that kind of buck for you is what you've yeah. found gives you that, oh, factor. Yeah. And I think some of this is framed by where you live and hunt. You live and hunt in Iowa where there are lots and lots and lots of big deer relative to a lot of other places. I think if you lived in Michigan or you lived mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania or you lived in wherever – and if you hadn't come out here and seen oh. and experienced all this, a hundred. Well, take for example when you moved to Iowa when you first came out here, you were seeing <laughs> yeah. eighty-inch eight-pointers, and you were thrilled and yeah, off well, the wall, right? The first one twenty, I'm like, wow. And Ross is like, settle down. That's <laughs> right. That's a that's a basket. Ross, you stud over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was no when we first came. Oh, out it was here, terrible. I was shooting a lot of two-year-olds. Like, yeah, yeah. itchy trick. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. 
Everything looks big. Most likely, I should just shoot a deer to get it out, an eight, anything to get it out of the system, to build the confidence. Absolutely. I, there's a lot of reality to that. And there's a and there's that's an admirable admirable thing, man. Yeah. Going out there and just in in taking an apple, animal and being happy with it, yeah. regardless of what anybody else thinks. I mean, that's because muzzleloader. I, I killed a beautiful buck and shot right through the heart. Died within thirty feet, where he, thirty thirty yards where I shot him, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think I won't. The gun is less intimate. I mean, but it's more. It's a confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sure. I and I. I I would never want to try to impose on you. Yeah. like, And I, I hope we're not doing that no, now. No, but that's the biggest thing is your values are yours, mine are mine, yeah. and mine are great, so are yours. Yes, yeah. 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 And yeah. so if you if you want to hold out for a special buck, yeah. more power yeah. to you. Nothing wrong with that at all. But, you know, but but I can't, from a but pragmatic I, but I, standpoint. But seriously, I can't call myself a hunter. I am a guy who goes out hunting Well, it does not kill. I'm not a killer. Maybe that's right. it. Yeah. And, and from, a, from a purely pragmatic, pragmatic standpoint, though, yeah. Simply from a what will help you be yeah. more successful as a hunter, killing more does or yeah. taking a first step and killing the first buck you get a chance there. So doing that a few times will help you in the future. I, mean, I know you know this. We've talked yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, if this isn't yeah. rocket science. Yeah. Um, but if there's nothing wrong with choosing not to do that, yeah. but it's something to consider. Like yeah. Ross said, those experiences are what help prepare you for the moment when you do have that special buck in front of you. It's a lot harder to, to do that in the very if if the very first buck you ever shoot with a bow is a 160 inch mega giant or something. That's a tough moment to handle the first time. Now I know you've shot other deer too, but no, I you know we got the the story where last I think we shared it last podcast where yeah. that 158 pointer came in, jumped the fence, did everything, read the read the script. I shot a gangster style. <laughs> because of how I had to, oh, and my wrist must have flicked at the last. At the what release. is this wrist flicking thing you keep saying that you do? Well, oh, I do it. I used to shoot my condo, and I, for some reason, my like wrist would flick. Target, target panic or something. Could be. Yeah, I. In your condo. Yeah. You hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> my wife was not impressed. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, There's one no time I was, sh- I was shooting in the basement <laughs> of a place we were renting. Uh and I had the target set up, and the arrow went through the target, and it hit the water pipe. Oh. Below so the, I walk below over the shutoff air, valve. Be below the shutoff valve to eight units. Oh, no. Yeah. Talk about, so what hot. is that? Type, do you say type two or level two? Uh, usually type two. Is that type two fun? This, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it was <laughs> the most, it was a terrible experience at the time, but now it's hilarious when, you, when I think about it. But, uh, yeah, water just, oh, it was just so much force coming out everywhere. I was filling up coolers <laughs> and running up to the, until like a plumber came. I can only imagine oh, what man. you were that was looking expensive. like at that moment. <laughs> Big mistake. So yeah, yeah, be careful when you're shooting in the oh house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cuz even when you hit the target, it still can You should cause blind, blind bail, man. Do you ever blind bail? Do you know what that is? I think there's a podcast. A guy talk, we, was that We talked you, about you, with Levi. Oh, just said 10 y- 10 yards or 5 yards and just boom uh, boom boom. 3 boom. yards. Yeah. No, just no, you're not going to miss. And you shoot with your eyes closed, and you get used to the, the release of the arrow, yeah. and you feel that arrow send, and 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 you don't you don't react to it; it just goes. And you do that with your eyes closed, and and you build confidence internally. You know. Yeah. I mean, oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Try. I that think in some respects, I thought about this. Year. I go, maybe I should learn my 
I know everything about scouting, hunting. I could relay a lot of stuff. When I get in a train, it's a little different. Then the textbook goes away, and you're like, how do you read this? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably a good B on that stuff. A lot of other stuff, A. But knowing a bow and <laughs> probably a C. I don't, you know. Yeah, I think that. It just, it, to me, it's a tool. I'll go grab it and use it. But how do I know it better? Yeah. How do I know what these, you know, some of the, how the setup is, how that works for you? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think I think you sharing your experiences right here and your some of your struggles and your thoughts stuff, this is really helpful stuff for a lot of people. It's important oh, yeah. stuff to talk I mean, about because I think so absolutely. much so much of what you get in the hunting media today, and sometimes we're guilty of this too, we've got the best deer hunters in the world on here who yeah. seem invincible and they're ice cold and, oh my gosh, this guy kills a big, he kills four big mature bucks every year. It can seem kind of daunting, like how can I stack up to that? And it's important to remember that we're all just people. We all make mistakes, and each one of us are at a different place, and we have our own struggles and challenges. And I think hearing about stuff you're going through and the decisions and, and things I mean, you're trying you, to figure out. If that's, you look back to the old videos, I had a lot of deer in there, but never killed. Yeah, you've yeah. you've certainly seen a lot. You've had encounters, yeah. and you've had opportunities, yeah. and but it's not easy. To take that final step. Yeah. Well, we always talk about what you think about your bring about. I never think about the kill part. I always thought about all the other stuff involved with hunting. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. You, you talk a lot about <laughs> one time we're uh, <laughs> one <Okay>. time we <laughs> I tend to use humor to escape the reality of not shooting. One time uh, we, we're, we're down here shed hunting and we get into Peter's truck and we hadn't been riding him. T- oh we had not been ri- <laughs> We hadn't been riding with him. So no one had been in this truck prior to this. So we hop into his car and we turn on the truck. So my, I had my phone in my pocket. I was outside. And <laughs> in my circle, you record self-affirmations. You hear so he's really big on self-improvement, different okay. things like yeah. that. Yeah, so you tell yourself en- stuff enough, it's going to just implant in your subconscious. And it, your body has nothing. Your mind will attract it to you. Sure. So the car comes on, and then hmm. on the speakers, really loud, says, Peter Lynch, you will gross X hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever it was. <laughs> Peter Lynch, you will do <laughs> That's He nice. was repeating <laughs> these goals over and over. <laughs> and we just died. <laughs> That's funny. It was. Did you achieve your goal? Yes, I have. <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> <Atta> <laughs> Well, to yeah. your point though about my practice, my practice yes gets that income. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I don't know what the yeah. dollar amount yeah, was. But yeah, yeah. Um, but to the point of visualization. But if you don't put that into your your hobby, it, it, yeah, it, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like Ross, should. I know Ross. He, God, he manifests everything into his life because he Me. thinks about Corey. They all Corey thinks about his bucks. You saw that today. Yeah, he actually is a buck. He, he, he I think, I think <laughs> I saw him make a scrape. He yeah, went, yeah. He was right. pissed, I did see yeah. him piss on his back legs a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. rubbed them together, looked back, <laughs> you know, and just carried on. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, something I do to your point about um, handling that moment, of the truth. I, I, I'm betting Ross, you probably do this. Maybe I think you've talked about it. Maybe you do too, Ben. But when I get into a tree stand, I get all set up. Once I'm all settled, and one of the very first things I do is I look at each one of my different shooting lanes or different places where a deer might be able to come through. And I imagine, okay, if there's a buck coming through here, and I, I visualize a buck coming through this way, I, visual, I actually will make sure I can draw back my bow. I visualize, hold my bow, draw it back. Okay, could I shoot there? Yep. Can I imagine I'm visualizing a deer come this direction? Okay, I imagine drawing back. Yep, I can get a shot there. I will do that in every different, every different way. So you think through what that scenario will look like. You're also seeing, can I maneuver? Can I get my arm drawn back? Can I do all these different things? If that happened, if that happened, if that happened. And I think that, that really helps yeah. me. 
Yeah. I remember as a kid when I was shooting in the backyard in Upper Michigan, just with those basic bows. Just you pull back, boom, let go. Mm-hmm. And remember the deer I we talked that deer I did shoot with a with a bow and it penetrated and. Remember when I got up there, everything was perfect. That's the one where I said, I'm going to get a 130. I saw the deer. I identified it was a shooter. I didn't look at it again. I actually had the camera perfect, pulled back. And then when I got through the peep side, I'm like, where am I? Because huh. I couldn't identify where I had to look away and come back again. And then that was it. Yeah. That's where it went a half inch high. Put that right in the shoulder blade, penetrated maybe an inch, two inches, and yeah. deer lived. So. Yeah, it's all those a thousand tiny little things in the last one second can go wrong and it's mm-hmm. we've all been there brother oh, yeah. battling yeah. The, yes, we ba- have. battling the, the inner demons and uh if yeah. you want to you know if if it's important to you to work through them it's it'll happen you know yep. so yeah a- anyone that's listening to this podcast has heard that i've had plenty of my own struggles that way too so yeah. dan johnson as well we've all we all have absolutely all have. so well I, I hope that we get you on here in the fall of 2018 peter Sure. With your story of the successful hunt, me and Corey always talk about. We talk about you a lot, you know, Peter. I know, I feel it. <laughs> and we 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 talk. You know what? When Peter does get that buck, it's going to probably be the biggest buck that any of us have ever killed. It's you probably gonna, will end up that first one's going to be happen. that one in the public land that he was talking about, the big frame. Yeah, I like to see him like a hundred and sixty-five a J point or something. But then yeah. uh, that property again. That little property had it's a 20, and it was pretty amazing. A lot of big deer I had all year, and I didn't see too many during the, the hunting time frame, but I felt like a monster could come from this ridge through the paragraphs, through this little 20, to go somewhere else to check does. And and I had sat too long the day before. I was really extremely crabby. All day sit too early. I remember this. Yeah. You were crabby, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm next day I can, barely, I can barely sleep. And Ross texted me, let's get breakfast I'm like yes <laughs> so as i'm walking back from my stand <laughs> yes. through this 20 and my truck is only 500 yards away i can see it and that's hard to, you know like yeah let's go we can do it there was a 165 or 170 coming through the progress like i kind of thought would happen mm. and it didn't happen because you, you were already walking i was already walking to go to breakfast yeah sorry and, about that yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, but you should blame it all on Ross. I, you know, who knows if that deer would have came back by where I was, but I think I could have saw him. So That's something. Could have saw him and just let him go by me because I didn't shoot him. <laughs> Joking, of course. But. Joking, of course. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Peter. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you? Any final things you want to cover? No, I think we're good. Oh, well. Bigfoot? Why I love hunting. Bigfoot? That's maybe for another time. You are a squatch believer, aren't you? It's just entertaining. Like, it's not, not a believer. No, it's in. entertainment. Okay. Yeah. If you get lost on YouTube, go down a rabbit hole, like, oh, Bigfoot, let's check it out. And, <laughs> and you're listening to it. And squatch. Sure you're there. Okay, so but Ross, Wyatt, Ross, well, made a, Ross made a buck grunt, and I made an elk bugle. I heard you can do a pretty good squatch call. <laughs> I don't know. You, come on. You, you've, yeah, sent come us on a, you've sent us a video of you making a squatch call before. Yeah. <laughs> He's Ross is kind of an instigator. <laughs> Sounds like a World War II air raid That's siren. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Well, should, should I do it really loud? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just move the speakers away. <laughs> I kind of like kind of that guy that of the group that is the. You're good at it. Yeah. Embrace Thank it. you, Ross. Appreciate that. But you are you are the wild card of our group. Yeah, I am the wild card. When especially when Dan's not here, yeah. you're the wild card. 
Ben, have you ever heard one of these before? Never. I'm waiting. Oh, right. You're ready. It's supposed to do sound I, like I a World War II, World War II air raid siren, and we'll do it for your audience because this is what they're tuning in for. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is that a male or female? Is it a mating call? <laughs> is that a moose? That's an alpha male because I did it. Oh, okay. It's an alpha squatch. Yeah. Alpha squatch. Yeah. And then it's important to be doing gifting. I gifted a little bit of your property today, just so you know. <laughs> What's yeah. that mean? Uh, you know, Snickers and apples. Just leave them there. For, what, for squatch? Yeah. Yeah. What does this do for them? Keep them on the property. It, it just keeps them there. And yeah. Because they're no, kind of hostile, aren't they? Well, there was no tree breaking. Yeah. What, does that, so, what does that mean? Would you, if you ran into Squatch, would you mess with them or no, would, I would you leave. align with I them? I would leave. You would leave? They're dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Messing yeah. with them. I, I, it's, it's, again, rabbit hole on YouTube where you just listen to stuff like, wow, this is, there's a whole world, subculture well, out there. Tell us what we need to watch out for. Yeah. All right. So, so let's say you're in said stand. All right. What? Stand. Said stand. The stand. Where you're hunting. You're in a stand. Okay. Yes. Sorry. And we've all had this where the everything goes quiet, so there could be a predator nearby. But if there's, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm putting myself out here like this. <laughs> it's uh, remember, hey, let this it go, is the bro. Guy who, this is, go to his chiropractic practice. <laughs> yeah, shit. Sticking with Rod, but but uh, you know it's it's just purely entertainment. And uh, so then the people say, if you smell sewer next to you, there's probably a Sasquatch running around trying to get you. You're going to get a whole new audience because there's, <laughs> you're going to subtitle Sasquatch in the yeah, talking points, and people are going to tune into this. We're going to tag you're Sasquatch welcome. a lot in this uh, podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. So, yeah, sorry, continue. And that's about it. Oh, that was it. No, yeah. he, he smells sewer gas. That's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, because they smell atrocious. So if, it, <laughs> so if you're uh, – the whole point of this is there's this uh, book called 411, David Polites Missing, and it kind of gets into this. So it's an interesting – book about disappearances on <laughs> national parks we're going down a different we're going somewhere <laughs> oh, but this is it a really is interesting we to keep rolling there's a lot more yeah so it's just uh, i tree knocking yeah tree knocking well you were knocking last week i hang a, i hang with a weird crew here ben <laughs> well when it's snowing out in your shed hunting it's like what else are we gonna do so, <laughs> what is tree knocking oh gosh that's when the we must have watched Bobo on Discovery, uh-uh. Finding Bigfoot. Uh-uh. Where they hit a tree with a stick. I don't have and cable. That's how, Is that how, that's how you how call them in? That's how they communicate with each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like <laughs> oh gosh, SOS for Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, it's like a Sasquatch will say, I'm over here. And then it could be communicating to another Sasquatch <laughs> over here that there's these people. How many are there around? There are these people. Yeah. They, <laughs> Or there's this many that they have an intricate communication Sasquatch system. Sasquatch are like the geese. They have a sentinel who will sit high and watch everything and communicate to the others. And then they knock on trees. Yes. To let others know. Yeah. Oh, you must have been reading about this. No, I'm learning. No, you're kind of an inspiration here. Well. So I don't know. Yeah, we're got it. Wow. Well, right. Well, it's been nice. It's been, it's been good. nice knowing you, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Until <laughs> next year. Any. Any final thoughts, Peter? We'll, we'll go around the around the horn here and wrap it no, up. No, I, I just think uh, it's it's been a great day. Thank you for letting us walk the property. Appreciate welcome. it. Yeah, You're welcome, man. Yeah, good time. Yeah. Ross, any thoughts? Uh, ben, thanks a lot. It was a it was a great time. Um, great people. Yeah, that was and pretty nice. Everybody, it's just awesome. And uh, 
I think it was just it was just super fun watching everybody get excited finding those sheds. Yeah. I kind of just hung back, watched everybody. It was it was awesome. And because uh, Ross, I'll pick up twenty. <laughs> if Next I weekend. I wish that yeah. If, if I wasn't worried about finding sheds myself, what I should have been doing was like, I should have stood on a hill and just videotaped the whole thing and just seen uh, yeah that everyone been great. scatter and all the excitement. <laughs> it, and stuff. it was quite entertaining. That would have been great. Yeah. It was it was it was a great time. Shed hunting is just awesome because you, you know deer hunting a lot of times it's solo you know and and everybody kind of does their own thing but getting together shed hunting you can when else can you mess around in the woods like that with a group of people and have a good time and yeah for sure and uh have some good laughs and you don't get to really do that during deer season as much unless you have like a deer camp or something like that so so i always look forward to this time of year yeah we need a deer camp no, I'm really glad you guys came down. Ha- had an absolute blast. Mission accomplished today, right? Yeah. I mean, we we found some sheds, but more importantly, we had we had a ton of fun and um, it was awesome getting to know you guys a little bit. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about you, so it was great to spend the day with you. And uh, you know, going back to shed rally, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> pretty rewarding whenever you get some people out there that don't necessarily have any familiar familiarity with hunting or anything, and and uh, you can let them into our world a little bit and uh we need to do more of that is what it comes down to yeah right on and, and you know we're not going to get into this big uh, i'm not going to get on this big pulpit or whatnot but uh it, it's a good thing to, to introduce somebody to the outdoors and um you know hey we, we did that today yeah so. shed hunting is a good way to do that absolutely just a fun excuse to walk in the woods and enjoy camaraderie and yeah have a good time yeah so we did it awesome well i'll just uh I'll end with a little plug for our buddy. If you need a map for your property, Ben makes the best ones out there. You do some awesome, awesome work with Huntera Maps. I love my maps. I got them on the wall behind me. So I sit there at the computer desk working, and then I can spin around and look up there and daydream and think about where I'd rather be in a tree. Yeah. Um, I sent one to my brother for Christmas, and he hadn't heard of Huntera, and he's blown away it's going to be on a picture frame basically in our house yeah, or his cool. cabin awesome so, yeah so he's pretty pumped it's very cool and yeah. as we alluded to earlier the mobile map was a really was a really cool tool today too so yeah, super useful so yeah, glad you glad glad you guys like him yeah, yeah. keep up the good work man and where can we find that stuff online uh hunter.com that's uh that's where where we are we got uh we ramped up our our social media presence we're doing a lot of uh, uh a lot of posts with instagram and facebook so look us up on there as well awesome well, thanks, guys. Thank Sweet. you. Looking Thank forward you. to us. Looking forward to Shed Rally 2019. Yeah. Peace. And that's a wrap, folks. Hope you uh, enjoyed this strange, wandering, bizarre conversation. Uh, we, we certainly enjoyed it, at least. So uh, just a final reminder, like I said at the very beginning, we've got the live podcast this Saturday, March 17th, 2018. Really hope to see you guys there and uh, hope to share a a cold beverage with you as well uh, at the podcast or afterwards at the BHA Pint Night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And then finally, just want to say thank you to our partners for making all this possible. So big thanks to Sitka Gear, Yeti Coolers, Matthews Archery, Maven Optics, Whitetail Institute of North America, Trophy Ridge, and Huntera Maps. And finally, thank you all for listening. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for tuning in and tagging along for all of our adventures over the years. I appreciate it so much. And until next time, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart 
out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. 